my advice for other folks is, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's going to be mobile home parks or self-storage or senior lit, whatever your niche is, frankly, even if it's not real estate, you know, first, don't give up your day job. Keep that. But, you know, put yourself through the rigor, the discipline of building up your unofficial advisory board of people that have been there, done that and can really advise you. And then again, see if there's some way you can get started relatively small on the side while you keep your day job. And then, of course, see if you really like it. You'll learn more. Then you can make a more informed decision about whether you're going to go through a significant career change as I did, or maybe you just like it as a side investment and you keep your day job. You'll be able to make those decisions much better if you keep both feet in both worlds and then just see you know, how it really suits you. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. I'm your host, Yona Weiss, and we are here to talk to ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And it is my pleasure to introduce you to our guest tonight, uh, to today, tonight, this morning, wherever you are in the world, it's sometime. Okay, so this is Jefferson Lilly. And Jefferson is a household name in the mobile home investing space. And he's, he's been in the mobile home park investment um, for over a decade. He is the founder of Park Avenue Partners, a private equity real estate fund that acquires and operates mobile home parks nationwide. And his investment funds are returning 8 to 15% cash annually to limited partners. And we will touch a little more on that throughout the episode. So both personally and through his partnerships, he's acquired over 25 mobile home parks in 13 states since 2007. Over $56 million in value. Has that changed in the past year, Jefferson? Yeah, we've bumped that we gotta, up a little bit. We got to update that. 30, uh, that 32 parks, yeah, 32. in 15 different states. And probably know, we just bought six. Uh, right, so we just bought six growing. last year, right? That's right. Six last year and one so far this year. Yeah. Okay, so he's also the started the industry's first mobile home park podcast and the largest yeah. group on LinkedIn dedicated to investing in mobile home parks. In beginning, managed investors' money in 2014, Jefferson spent seven years investing his own capital in mobile home parks and consulting with high net worth families with interests in manufactured housing industry. He's been featured in many publications, and I just want to jump into this because, like I said, you are a household name, and I'd love to, to get a little perspective from you in the mobile home park space. But beyond that, I think something really interesting. Now, you have a host of your podcast, and your podcast is called the Mobile Home Park Investors Podcast. Is that correct? That's correct. And it has its own webpage, just mobilehomeparkinvestors.com. And that also links into the LinkedIn group and our industry calendar of events and some other good stuff there. Right. And one of the things that impresses me the most is that, I mean, there are a lot of people that are starting podcasts right about now. I mean, this is the time to do it. You're, yours truly included, right? <laughs> there I'm we go. Bag- <laughs> I'm, a, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. Welcome to the club. <laughs> but, but you started a podcast, I, I mean, several years ago, 
right? So you've been doing this I for... Five, I think it was 2015. It was about right, five so, years ago. So you kind of started off uh, early when, when podcasts were, you know, hadn't caught as much steam, especially in the real estate industry. Yeah, that's true. What was the, what was the drive, you know, what was the idea? What was the driving force to even start that podcast at that time when it was kind of an anomaly? Yeah, I had, uh, had someone tell me that uh, another real estate podcast show was looking for someone to be on it that knew something about mobile home parks. So I just reached out. They had me on their show and that did pretty well, you know, because we we started getting some interest uh, from prospective investors. And then uh, actually it wasn't more than a month or two later that a podcast agent or booking agent called me to be on somebody else's podcast I didn't even know at the time that that was even a job to you know, <laughs> right. book people on podcasts. So I went on that other show. And then at that point, it finally hit me that, well, wait a minute, maybe podcasts are going to be big. And if I'm being pulled on to other people's shows, maybe uh, I should just do one uh, on, on my own. So, right. um, so that was it. It was kind of, kind of dumb luck. I wish I could say I had some huge vision, you know, uh, but I just sort of stumbled into it. And so uh, we've done about 120 some odd episodes and uh, had on all different kinds of guests. And it brings us prospective investors. It's brought us a little bit of deal flow, but primarily it, it brings us prospective investors that have heard our, our podcasts. Amazing. And that's, I mean, would you say, is that one of the goals of the podcast to kind of be a voice in the industry and people who are looking to invest in real estate to look to you as a, a source for that? Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, we're happy to give back, so to speak, and, and, and give other prospective uh, uh, investors our thoughts on, on how they can run their own parks. Obviously, that, that doesn't pay us directly. Right. But there were other people, you know, that not through podcasts, but more in person, a lot of other people that helped me get started buying mobile home parks uh, 13 years ago. So, you know, as I, as I say, you can't pay it backwards, but you can pay it forwards. So that was another motivation for, for doing the podcast was, was just uh, to help pay it forward. Amazing. And you're, you're based in the Bay Area, is that right? Yeah, I live out here in San Francisco. San Francisco. Uh, there obviously are not uh, too terribly many uh, mobile home oh, right. parks right <laughs> in San Francisco. That was going to be my, uh, my so, next question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I don't actually own anything in California. Uh, Wichita, Kansas has long been uh, sort of my center of gravity. But again, I own, I believe, in about 15 different states, but generally in the Midwest where Real estate, as you might imagine, is a little more affordable, and we're primarily cash flow investors. We pay out to our investors quarterly, and it's difficult to do that, for instance, buying any park in really any large major metro, especially on on either coast. So places like Wichita, Kansas, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Superior, Wisconsin, these are all places that we've found good value and bought parks that uh, uh, cash flow uh, into the double digits for us. Right. Now, you haven't always been doing mobile home parks, as we mentioned. You know, this goes back to 2007, you started. 2014, you started bringing on investors. Give you a little background. What were you doing before that? 
Yeah, so I spent approximately a decade working at three different Silicon Valley startups. Uh, that's really what brought me out here after going to business school back east. So, frankly, by the time I was on that third startup, you know, I had been through a, a, an acquisition, actually two acquisitions. And, you know, suffice it to say, n- none of those deals were quite uh, the next Google. I was not a billionaire from those transactions. Um, I made a bit of money, but but I was still basically an, an employee. And of course, the stock market itself, especially tech, what was you know gyrating. Anyway, but so so after being in the the tech business uh, for actually for about nine years or so, at that point, uh, I bought my first uh, mobile home park just to kind of have some even cash flow and even out some of the volatility of those stock options that, that those startups had given me. And, you know, to transition, it took about a year, really, uh, for, for me to then move over and start doing real estate full-time. Uh, so, so at no time did I say, hey, I'm giving up the sexy stock options and I'm just going to go do mobile home parks. <laughs> I, I kind of had my foot in, in both worlds for about a year of, of overlap. And then that last startup wasn't doing real well. And I could see that my first mobile home park was doing reasonably well, and I was putting no time or money into it. So I, I mm-hmm. kind of decided to put some time and money into it. That's interesting. So you were full time in startups in tech, and yep. you know I imagine there's a lot of people listening to this who are currently, you know, Silicon Valley people are in tech or they're somewhere in the world. You know, what what would be a tip you would give someone like that? I mean, obviously you started just. Somehow it came to you the idea to put some money into a mobile home park of your own, right? Yep. Not to invest with someone else, but not to buy, uh, you know, a single family house. What, what was, you know, what was that kind of mindset? And then the question really, the follow-up question is, you know, what would you suggest to someone who is in your position today, you know, how to get their foot in the door? Yeah. As I say, when I woke up from the concussion, it just seemed like a good idea to buy a mobile home park. (laughs) 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 Uh, But no, more more seriously. So uh, again, I was looking for kind of more stable income and I initially thought, well, I'll buy an apartment building, right? I was familiar with apartment buildings. At that point, I knew nothing about mobile home parks. I just figured... You know, I've always been a big fan of Warren Buffett, and he advises people to stay within their circle of competence. So even though I had never owned real estate, at least I had lived in apartment buildings. It, so I just d- decided to, to look for apartment buildings. And then in, for instance, doing searches on uh, like LoopNet for mobile home parks, uh, and I knew I was not going to find cash flow in the Bay Area. So I was already looking for uh, apartment buildings in, you know, Peoria, Illinois, and Lubbock, Texas, and Ames, Iowa. Anyway, I would do these searches and see like 99 apartment buildings at an eight cap. This was back in 2006. Prices mm-hmm. are not that anymore. But back then, I'd see 99 apartment buildings at an 8 cap and then one mobile home park at a 10 or 11 cap. For your listeners that may not know, that's basically how much cash unlevered you would get from the property. And again, I wish I could say I jumped right on it. But honestly, the first time I saw a mobile home park pop up under an apartment search, I thought, 
that's absurd. I'm not buying a mobile home park. And I deleted the search, you know, right. and I did it again and again. And, you know, now I probably had to get hit over the head five times. But finally, I, I decided, well, mobile home parks seem to be multifamily and they seem to, to pay out more money. Why don't I look into this? Uh, and so it was at that point that I started buying books, listening to tapes, uh, just educating myself as best as I could. I set up an unofficial advisory board of about 10 individuals that all owned mobile home parks, and they would provide uh, free advice. They, they were quite generous. I could bring them a deal, and you know they would say thumbs up or thumbs down, or you know Jefferson, I don't know about this one. The key issue is X. Go figure out X, and then you'll know if you want to buy that property. You know, certainly book learning is good. But at least right. for me, I learn exponentially faster when I can just sit down live with somebody that's right. been there, done that, and ask them all my dumb questions. So having that unofficial advisory board of about 10 guys was, was very helpful. So I then decided to buy a mobile home park. I spent a little over a year looking, putting in some offers, getting outbid, and then finally did uh, close on my first property, uh, which I still own today. And again, I bought uh, an additional park on my own and then started raising outside capital to then buy still more parks. So my advice for other folks is, you mm -hmm. know, whether it's going to be mobile home parks or self-storage or senior, whatever your, your niche is, frankly, even if it's not real estate, you know, first, don't give up your day job. Keep that. But, you know, put yourself through the rigor, the discipline of building up your unofficial advisory board of people that have been there, done that, and can really advise you. And then again, see if there's some way you can get started relatively small on the side while you keep your day job. And then of course, see if you really like it, you'll learn more, then you can make a more informed decision about whether you're going to go through a significant career change as I did or maybe you just like it as a side investment and you keep your day job, you'll be able to make those decisions much better if you keep both feet in both worlds and then just see you know, how it really suits you. Gotcha. That's incredible advice. I totally agree. For me, you know, learning in school was the worst. <laughs> but learning okay. apprenticing under other people and, and being able to talk to a real person who, who's doing it you know, real life. And, and you can ask like exactly you did. But my question to you yeah. is, how do, how do you even find those people? I mean, were they people that you knew beforehand? Or were you, did you like, you know, Google, uh, you know, mobile home park gurus? Yeah. Like yeah. So it, it came about uh, kind of a couple of different ways. So I did find that for my niche, there were some online uh, communities. And so I, I reached out to folks that mm -hmm. way. Sure. But I also just, you know, made it a point to drop it into casual conversations that I was having with folks that, oh, yeah, you know, I'm thinking of making a, a, an investment in real estate. I'm thinking of buying a mobile home park. That was, that was my thing. And, you know, out here in San Francisco, where real estate tends to go for about $1,000 a foot, uh, or more, you know, talking to people about real estate that goes for about $10 right. a foot is two orders of magnitude difference. So I got a lot of really strange looks, but not from everyone. I remember one guy from my church just said, oh, that's great, Jefferson. You know, my dad 
used to own a mobile home park, and that was what sent our whole family every summer to Europe for a great vacation. Here's my dad's number. Give him a call. So just that kind of, you know, right. putting it out there mm-hmm. uh, also helped me build up the, those 10 guys. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah uh, one of them was a lady. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. And are you still in touch with them today, some of those people? Some of them, yes. Yes, one of them in particular. Uh, and as, as I'm now in the business, I've met more people. So I now have sort of an unofficial advisory board of more like 12 people mm-hmm. that are all uh, experienced owners. And again, most probably eight or nine of those people I didn't know when I got into the business. Um, so I've, I've kept that up and we actually meet uh, regularly uh, on the beach, undisclosed top secret location, <laughs> but we meet on the beach uh, once a year for kind of three, four days. We rent a house, we talk, it's kind of a mastermind mm-hmm. group. Um, and we just sit down and talk about, you know, what software are we using? How do we manage remotely? Hey, here's a crazy tenant story. Uh, hey, what about this other deal? Anyway, we just get together That's once great. a year uh, and, and, and really do. Yeah, there's certainly a little bit of beer and, and bourbon drinking, but it's, it's mostly <laughs> pretty solid days like of real meaningful discussions yeah. for, for three or four days every year. And then we still do share an email uh, sort of chat uh, amongst the, the the twelve of us, and on certainly a weekly basis, somebody will post out a question, and we'll all kind of answer it or g- give our thoughts. So that's again really an ongoing thing throughout the year to keep in touch with those dozen uh, other uh, mobile home park owners. That's amazing. I think that's a really important. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about masterminds and that kind of a group of peers who are doing the same yeah. thing. And I think these are all incredible tips and advice for anyone you know, looking into getting involved in real estate in any regard or mobile home parks specifically. So, yep. you know, that being said, I think we're, we're going to jump into our final four. Okay. You ready for the final four yeah. round, Jefferson? Fire it up, Yana. <laughs> okay. So the first question is, what was the worst job that you ever had? Uh... It was probably a, a job in high school. I was working for a catering company, which is basically restaurant work, which is neither glamorous nor well-paying. And specifically, a catering company is a restaurant on wheels. Yeah. So one of my jobs was to be lifting hot boxes with mm. another guy, uh, my best friend, actually, into the back of, of trucks, you know, f- full of food or dishes or plates. And it was just... It was a fair amount of um, fairly physical labor that, that didn't pay that well. Um, taught me the value of, of, of earning a buck. I did that for a couple of years part-time while in high school, but that that's probably the worst job I've ever had, thankfully. And, and it, it's been all uphill to the up into, well, mostly up into the right since then. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Um, yeah, that's, I have a good friend who owns a catering, or actually did own in the Silicon Valley, one of the biggest... Uh, catering companies. He, he since immigrated to Israel, but he's uh, shared quite a few stories about the catering business. And he yeah. was on the executive level, obviously the owner, but I can imagine what yeah. it was like being, being a high school not, kid. I was not on the executive level. Yeah. High school, the executive, <laughs> I was on the bottom of the barrel level. Right. The executive uh, box lifter. So let me ask you the second question, which is what is a book that has given you a paradigm shift? You know, I've really liked um, Snowball, which is the biography on Warren Buffett. 
I think it's the best biography written, written on Buffett. It's not just about uh, value investing. It also covers, I, I think, pretty extensively his personal life and some of the trade-offs that he made to be as financially successful as he has been. That did come at, at some cost to it to his family, his relationship with his wife and, and his kids. So I think that that was just a particularly uh, interesting book, balanced book, and has helped me think through what trade-offs uh, I'm willing to make, uh, you know, in, in my professional and, and personal lives. Amazing. Thank you very much. I'll put that in there and hopefully check that out as well. I haven't read yeah. that one yet. Um, you know, we are on the Weiss advice. We're all about learning and continue, you know, we're lifelong learners and we want to continuously learn and not just information or, or you know, but really skills, because I think having more skills will help you more in the future. So what is one skill or talent that you would like to learn in the future? Yeah, I need to learn more about how to build corporate culture and build teams. As my business has grown, I've, I've had to hire more people. I would like to have my organization, you know, be as fun and as challenging as uh, you know, people that, that work at places like Apple Computer and Google. And I don't think I'm there yet. So just all of the sort of building my skills around all that soft, squishy organizational behavior, organizational design stuff uh, is a skill that I, I, I would like to learn. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good one and obviously necessary if you want to you know, scale that business. Yeah. And the fourth and final question of the final four is, what does success mean to you? It's really uh, about having the, the, the flexibility to both, you know, have a job uh, that I very much enjoy, but also have time to, to spend time with my family. And, you know, if it's a sunny afternoon on a work day and I just want to, you know, take my kids to the park for lunch or something like that, just to have the, the flexibility to do that, be able to provide for my family in a, uh, you know, I certainly work hard, but it is still, you know, some flex time. I don't have an office that I have to be at from nine to five or nine to nine. Right. Uh, I work from home and uh, uh, just that kind of flexibility uh, for me is, is success. Amazing. Well, I wish you continued success. And if uh, our listeners want to get a hold of you or want to find you, where can they do that? Yeah, the best place to find out more about me and, and our funds uh, is simply parkavenuepartners.com. Uh, I believe at the bottom of that page, there, there's a simple intake form. You can send me a message there. Connect with me on LinkedIn as well. I think I'm the only Jefferson Lilly <laughs> on LinkedIn. Uh, and then also at the top of our parkavenuepartners.com webpage, you can just click a link and sign up for our mailing list. And uh, we don't mail more than about once a month, maybe a little less. Uh, but that's another way to just keep, keep in touch with us and find out about the mobile home parks we're buying and the next fund that we're going to launch, hopefully late uh, this year, 2020, and, and just keep in touch with us. Sounds good. Thank you very much, Jefferson. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time out Thank of your day you. to join us today and wishing you a wonderful day and healthy, happy, and success. Thank you, Yona. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? 
If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.